Welcome to the first episode of I'm Here to Help. And I'm your host, Eric Daddario. What I'm going to be doing with this podcast is I'm going to be bringing guests on who have maybe had siblings, have had friends, or have had cousins, people they know in their life that have struggled with addiction, drugs, alcohol, or maybe other things where they're harming themselves. And we're going to talk about the decisions that they made. We're going to go over what they maybe would have done differently now that they've been through it. Um, And I'm also going to have people on here who have lost people to addiction. So this this podcast is the reason why I decided to do this was so I can help you. Maybe you feel stuck right now and you don't know what to do because you know somebody who's struggling with addiction. Well, I want to tell somebody, but I don't know the first step to take. Well, we're going to talk about that with other people who have been in that situation and they didn't know what to do. You know, I was once in that situation myself. Um, and we're going to talk about p- with people who have lost others to addiction. They're grieving. But today I'm not going to have any guests on. On this first episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story and basically going to talk about why we're doing this podcast. So my name is Eric Daddario. I'm from just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm the older brother to Brendan Daddario who lost his life from a heroin overdose a little over three years ago, March 19th, 2016. And I can remember when it all started. It was freshman year of high school with my brother Brendan. And we were in the woods with all of our buddies. It was probably 10 to 12 kids. And there was weed and there was bear. And Brendan and his most of the kids in the woods that night, they were sipping on those Bud Lights and they were smoking that weed. Really not thinking much of it. Thinking, man, this stuff is harmless, right? Like, this is normal. This will never amount to anything. And not too long after that, a little over a year, in his sophomore year of high school, they started using pills. My brother was down somebody's basement with a few other kids. And again, they're just drinking and smoking in the summertime and thinking again with that attitude of it's harmless, it's normal, it's never going to amount to anything. And the kid, he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out this clear Ziploc bag and he puts it in the middle of the table. And my brother knew exactly what they were. He knew there were Oxycontins in that bag. And he didn't want anything to do with them because a lot of the older local neighborhood kids, guys, when me and my brother grew up, 
They were messing around with this stuff. And we saw the lives they were living. We saw the decisions they were making. And me and my brother, we wanted nothing to do with that. So he got up from the table to walk away. And just as he did, a voice said, Brendan. And he turned right back. And the kid said, do you want one? Go ahead, man. Just take one. Go ahead. And he said, I know what you're thinking. You're not going to get hurt if you just try one. You're not going to become addicted. Just try one. And so he said, yeah, you know, all right, one. Just one, and that's it. And I'll never do it again. So he reaches his hand in that clear Ziploc bag, and he takes out one of those little green pills, those Oxycontins. And he swallows it, not knowing that that was the start of his addiction. Because for the next, I want to say, two, two and a half years, he would mess around with these pills. And eventually, I knew something was wrong. Because me and him, we'd hang out all the time. We were best buddies. And I found out he was doing the pills. I knew that it wasn't going to end good. I knew that this could lead to other stuff. But I never said anything. And you may say, well, why? If you know it was bad. It could lead to other stuff. Because, man, I was so afraid. Like, I wanted to be cool with my brother, right? I wanted to be his best friend. I didn't want him to think that I was a loser. Because I snitched on him. I didn't not want to be tight with him. And so I kept my mouth shut, not saying anything. But now let's fast forward to me now at 31 years old. If I knew that my brother or a friend of mine was messing around with the pills, man, I would speak up in a heartbeat. Like no questions asked. I would say something to somebody. Because as y'all gonna hear in a few minutes, I found out what it could lead to. And my family, we paid the ultimate price of someone that you love, that you know, going through addiction. And so, you know, he continued to do the pills. And I can remember one time, well, the first time I found out. Let's back up for a sec. My parents, they were away on a vacation for a hockey tournament for my younger, younger brother. So me, my older brother, and Brendan were home by ourselves for the weekend. I'm walking up the stair. I'm walking up the stairs, and I hear on the table, and I'm like, "What? Well, what is that noise?" And I open the door, and he's got a card in his hand, and he's chopping pills up. And he's got a dollar bill rolled up. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, what are you doing? Like, what's going on here? And he looks at me and he goes with this deep stare. Shut the door. Shut the door, Eric. What are you doing? And so that's the first time I found out. And he continued to do the pills. As I said. 
Well, he continued to do the pills for probably another year and a half. And he was doing cocaine. And I'd go to house parties with him. I knew he was doing this stuff. But once again, I wanted to be tight. I wanted to be his best friend. I didn't want him to to not like me, to not want to hang out with me. I wanted to be cool. So I, I just never said anything. And eventually, those pills, well, they led to him sticking a needle in his arm to shoot heroin. And once again, when I found out he was doing this, I kept my mouth shut and thought to myself, man, hopefully he stops. Hopefully he doesn't do anything. And y'all probably saying, y'all crazy. Like, y'all nuts, man. Why wouldn't you say anything? Because this was, I'm 31 right now. And this was, God, let's say 15, 16 years ago. And this whole drug epidemic the press it gets now and how big it is, it wasn't as big back then. But again, still, like how crazy is that? Still, with him sticking a needle in his arm, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want him not to like me, right? I didn't want him not to not want to hang out with me. I just wanted to be his best friend, man. I just wanted to be cool. And so I didn't say anything. And then it gets really bad. Really bad. Because now all of a sudden, you start seeing him losing weight and how he's acting and the stealing. You know, if you know somebody who's going through this, if it's your brother, if it's your sister, if it's your cousin, your best friend, you know what I'm talking about. The stealing, right? The the lying, the manipulating. You've probably been in the situation where they've been like, hey, can I get a ride? I'm just going to the train station. Or can you drop me off here? I'm hanging out with so-and-so. I had that so many times. And then later that night so many times, he would come home. And we knew something was wrong. And so he would live this life for eight to nine years. And eventually, I thought to myself, man, he's so far deep into this. He's so far deep in. I don't know if we're ever going to get the real Brendan back. I don't. And if you feel this way right now, because you know somebody who's this deep into it, don't. Don't feel like that. Because what I've learned over the years is there's always hope. Always, as long as you're still breathing, as long as you're still on this earth, there's always hope to get that person back. And don't ever think there isn't. Please don't. Now let's talk about that person who's betraying you all the time, lying to you, who's stealing from you, who's just not that person. Well, that's exactly what it is, guys. Because that brother that's lying, that's stealing from you, that sister 
who's messing around with those pills. It's not them. It's not your brother. It's not your sister. It's not your cousin. It may not even look like them. When my brother was at his worst, I didn't even know who he was. He was a complete stranger to me. And that's because the drugs, well, they've taken over. They've told that, like, it. picture this. This is the best way I can describe it to you. If you've ever seen Men in Black and they have the guy on the table and they go, they go to operate on him, they press his ear and his face opens up. And there's a little alien inside his brain and he's saying, Orion's belt, Orion's belt. Well, those drugs, they hijack that person's brain. And they have the joystick to their life. From the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, they tell them what to do, when to do it, how to do it, how to talk, how to react to things, all that stuff. But you have to be there for them. You have to love them. And you're going to have to make some hard decisions. Like when that person asks you for money. Oh man, trust me, I was in that position. As you may have been or are going through right now. And you know what they're going to do with that money. You are. I mean, you do, right? You know that as soon as they give you that money and they leave that house, what are they going to do? They're probably going to go buy some pills if that's what they're doing. They're probably going to go buy some heroin. So you can help them in another way. And you can say, hey, listen, I'm not going to give you money. But since you want food, well, I'll bring you, I'll go get you food. Let's go. I'll pay for it. And they may fight with you. They may. And they say, no, no, give me money. Give me money. I'm going out with my friend. I don't want you to come. Well, then it's a simple no. Because you can't feed their addiction. Like You know what they're going to do. And trust me, I've been there. You really want to give them that money. You really hope that that's what they're going to use it for, right? To go get that food. But in the back of your mind, you know what they're going to use it for. You know they're going to get those drugs. It's, it's hard. It really is. It really is hard to be the best friend, to be a brother, to be a sister to someone who's going through this. On a level, I get it because I went through it with him. I did. So many fist fights, so many times giving him money, thinking, hoping, praying that this would be the time, right? Like, this is it. He's not lying to you. That girl, you know, your sister, your cousin, they're not lying to you. They're going to use that money for exactly what they say they are. But sometimes you just got to stand your ground, right? And it's hard. It is. I get it. I do. And, you know, this person's addiction, well, it's affecting you, right? It's affecting your family. Because now all your attention that your parents are given, it's all, if it's your brother or your sister, it's all on that, it's all on their son, it's all on their daughter and not on you. 
because they legit have to save this person's life, right? They may be in and out of rehabs. You know, they're they're constantly getting thrown out of the house. And that's that's another topic to talk about here is, you know, what do you do? What do you do when they're absolutely raising hell in the family? Do you throw them out the house? Do you keep them in the house and let them cause hell? Well, on episodes in the future, we're going to talk about this. Actually, I'm pretty sure we'll probably dive into it with our guests next week. And I get it. It kills you to see your brother, your sister, your cousin, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your best friend going through this. Because you know this isn't them. And so, well, you may say, well, what's, like, what's the best thing to do? What can I do? And I'll tell you right now, learn from my mistakes because I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I legitimately had a passion. I hated my brother when he was going through this. I did. And it kills me to say that. I hated him for what he was putting my family through, for what he was putting me through. But now, learning from what happened and everything, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would just be there for him. And I would love him. And I would do the things that were hard, as I talked about, when he asked for money. I wouldn't give it to him. I wouldn't. And they may start yelling. They may start throwing things. But you can't. You can't. I don't want to say give in because it's not giving in. But you, because you know what they're going to do with that money, right? You know what they're going to do when you give them that ride. It's hard. And so my brother, you know, he continued that life of stealing from us, of robbing friends, cousins. You know, he robbed a bookstore. He robbed a library. Man, he robbed handfuls of convenience stores. You can find a lot of values in our house and pawn shops. Maybe, you know, just just as you have had done to you by others. And this may seem crazy to say, but you can't be mad at him. You can't. Why? Why, you may think. And like, you're nuts. Why? He stole my iPod. Like my brother, my cousin, my girlfriend, my sister, they stole my iPod. They stole my computer. But that's just the thing. It's not them. Remember that. It's not them. Because after my brother's eight to nine year stint or run, as you could say, of being in rehabs, of being out, of getting, you know, of relapsing, he had two years clean. And he was a completely different per- completely, he looked different. He talked different when he had these two years. He was back to being the Brendan we knew. And that's who he was. But we were so used to that person who was addicted, who had their brain hijacked, who was held captive to this. And, you know, you, you may have that feeling of that person of you know it's never going to get better never but it it does it does you need to be there to support them you need to be there again not giving them money but to let them know you love them to let them know every day i want to help you i do what can i do i want to help you i want to help you get better i mean my brother's proof right he had 2 years clean he did 
And then eventually, for what reason nobody knows, but he decided to stick a needle in his arm again. He shot heroin and he passed away. And man, it was probably the worst day of my life. It was. But I've learned so much of it. I learned so much from it. And I'm going to dive more deeper into this in further episodes of if you've known somebody who has passed away from this, the grieving process. You know, I'm going to dive deeper into, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, where I'm going to have people on who have been through it and they're going to share their experiences and what they wish they have, had done, what they would have done if they knew what they know now. There's no one answer, special answer, but I'm just trying to help you out because I've been through it and there's plenty of mistakes that my parents, I wouldn't call them mistakes, but there's now going through all of this and looking back, there's some things that we would have done different. We would have. And so you know, I'm, I'm going to share those things that we would have done differently now that we know everything. So that's what this podcast is for. It's not for me to talk about my brother. No, no, no. It's for me to help you with whatever you're going through with that person who's struggling with alcoholism, with drug addiction, you know, or maybe with somebody who's cutting themselves. And I'm not a doctor. I'll go out and say that I'm not, but I'm just talking about my experience because I've been through it and I definitely believe I can help you because you may, again, you may feel lost and I felt like that. I did. I did. And it's tough. And I want to help guide you through that. I do. So at the end of every podcast, I'm going to be answering questions And you can send these questions. You can DM me on Instagram at Eric Daddario. Again, that's Eric Daddario. Send me questions that you may want to hear my opinion, my answer, and I'll talk about them on the next podcast. Again, that's Eric Daddario. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. Or if you don't want me to know who you are, if you want to keep your identity private, my email is e. D-A-D-D-A-R-I-O-16 at gmail.com. Just make an email that I would have no idea who you are. And for the subject, just write podcast question. I will look at it and answer it, talk about it on the next podcast. I have no problem with that. And so we've had, I had a few questions which is awesome, and I'm going to talk about them right now. I'm going to bring them up. So the first question I have was a young lady DM me and said, if there is someone struggling in your life and it has torn apart your family, what can you do to bring the family back together? That's an awesome question. It is. You know, my brother, he was tearing my family apart with what he was doing. And this may be happening with you in your life right now, with your brother, with your sister, 
or you may know a family that's going through this um, with their son, with their daughter. And so maybe you can give them some of this advice. But the biggest thing is you have to, I guess you could say educate, let people know. Like this, you know, this isn't my brother. This isn't my sister. And explain to them, like, you know, because this may seem nuts, but a lot of people just think, well, you know, he's horrible. How could he do that? Look what he's doing to the family. But realize they don't want to do this. They don't. They don't have any control. And so you need to let those people around you know that, like, that they need to be... You could call it supportive of this person. Um, And not to judge. It's huge, right? My mother, she would go shopping. And she would hide in the aisles because she didn't want to see anybody. Because everybody knew what Brendan was going through. And she was so afraid of being judged. You need to let those people around you. Like, you need to be open about it. And I know that may be hard because you don't want others to know what you're going through. But it's it's honestly the best way to go about it. Like, yeah, listen, you know. My sister, she's going through this. She isn't choosing to do this. Okay, don't think that this is who she actually is. Because think about it like this. If you, let's say you've never played hockey before or basketball. Well, you may have some theories or think certain things of people who play hockey, who play basketball. But you have no idea because you never played it. You're not going through it, right? And I'll just reemphasize, you have to be there for the person who's going through this. Let them know every day, man, I love you. I do. I want you to get help. Like, I want to help you. I care about you so much. I do. And I want to see you get better. When my brother did get better, man, he, I remember him talking at a method overcoming addiction. And he said, You know, I was so blind. I was when I was going through this addiction. It took my thoughts and it took how I saw the world over. But as soon as I was back to myself, as soon as I got clean, one of the first things I did was I had to make amends with my family because I didn't know it at the time. But now I see they only wanted the good for me. They only wanted me to get better. They only wanted to see me get help and become the person I am. So guys, it's huge. You have to let those people around you know. Because they're probably going to judge. They are. And you have to let them know what's going on. And that this isn't who this person is. And that if they can't try to look past that, if they can't be supportive of it, well then, maybe, in some people in life, they just set in their own ways. And they may not be able to look past this. Right? But please, as a brother, if you're a parent listening, if you're a sister, if you're a cousin, please don't think that this is your fault. And again, we're going to talk more about that in, different ep- in future episodes with guests that I have on this podcast. All right? So I would definitely say, again, reemphasizing, you have to let people know what they're going through, that it's not them, that they didn't choose this, they didn't grow up wanting it, and they have to be supportive of you. 
because the more negative you are, then that just brings down more pressure on you and you're going to feel worse. So it's unhealthy. It is to be around people who are like that. Second question is if you have somebody in your life that is struggling but their parents are in denial and think everything is okay, what can you do to be respectful of the family but also get your loved one the help that they need? Again, another great question. And the biggest thing is you have to keep on these parents and you have to approach them and say, listen, realize I've seen and you have to trust trust me that I care about your son, your daughter, okay, or whoever's going through this. And I wouldn't just say this to say it to you, but you need to get them help. That, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that. You need to, I guess the word I'm looking for is press this hard on them. To, if at, at, at least look into it because... You know, I wish I had done that and spoke up and said something to my parents. And yes, you know, growing up, kids may be great athletes. They may get straight A's and their parents may think, no way that's going to be my kid. No way. But it can happen to anybody. Like, it doesn't matter how good of an athlete you are, you know, how good your grades are, where you live, the kind of car you drive around in. Man, as we all know today, there's no exceptions. There isn't. So I would definitely say you got to bring it up. You got to keep bringing it up. You have to let that person know that their son, their daughter, someone they love is going through this and that they need to get help because you care for them. You do. You have to let them know and realize this. So one more question here. Another great question. And the question is, there are times when I feel the addict in me is waking up. What do you suggest are some things I could do to combat those feelings? Great question. Well, it's that euphoric feeling, right? Like you want, when that, wa- when that addict wakes up in you, you want the feeling that those drugs give you, right? Or that beer or that vodka gives you. I suggest highly you go out or you really sit back and think to yourself, what do I love to do? Like, what is it? What's that, that thing that gives me a euphoric, unbelievable feeling that's a positive influence on my life? Whether it be playing a sport like basketball, or maybe you love to play hockey, so you join a hockey league, or maybe it's exercising, going to the gym, running. I firmly believe that One, you need to find something to replace that euphoric feeling of the drug with something that's euphoric but a positive influence on your life. Two, you need people around you that you can call, that you can count on to talk to you about this, that you can open up to. That's huge. A support system in anything, especially this, is huge. Someone that will listen to you. Someone that wants to talk to you. Someone that cares about you, that wants to help you. Because when you get that feeling, well, if you have their number and you call them, you know that they're going to talk to you. You know that they're going to help you. And this could be someone as easily as, as simple as a sponsor. Um, if you're 
you know, in the program, which, you know, I'll be diving into at some point with guests on the podcast about the difference, you know, in my thoughts in 12-step program or going to the clinic Oxycontin, but that's, that's a topic for another episode. Um, and I, I, I also think another big thing besides having a support system and something to, you know, replace that euphoric feeling is having a routine. Having a routine is huge. You know, you can get into a routine and it sets your mind in a certain way. It brings you down a certain road. And I, you know, I want to emphasize, I'm realizing I haven't said this, but I'm not an addict. I'm not. I've never gone down that road. I haven't. Um, and I, I think, you know, the, the last thing that I really feel is important is really thinking the life you have now and how great it is, how awesome it is. The little things in life, like you have your life back. You are who you are supposed to be in this life. And you've made tremendous strides to get back to who you actually are. I remember when Brendan eventually became clean. My mother, she would cry all the time because she was so happy. And she would say, my boy, he's back. Like, this is the greatest gift I can have in life. Is to have my baby boy back. It means a tremendous amount to those around you. And it should mean a tremendous amount to yourself even more than those around you. That you're back. And that you are who you are supposed to be. So again, to recap on that last third question. One, find something to replace that euphoric feeling of the drugs. Like, find a euphoric, positive influence of something that you love in your life. Two, have people in your life that are a support system that you can count on, that will help you, that will talk with you when you have this feeling. I feel like that's huge to have someone you know you can count on when this feeling comes up. And three, man, think about the strides you made. Think about like y'all, you are who you are supposed to be in this life. And that's hugely important. Because know that you as a person and who you're supposed to be and how God created you, man, that's a beautiful thing. You're a beautiful person inside and out. And don't ever forget that, ever. Guys, great questions. Please, 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 please. I'm here to help you in any way I can. Send me questions. Again, on my Instagram at Eric Daddario, or email me with an anonymous email that you just make up and I have no idea who you are with the header podcast questions at E Daddario, D A D D A R I O. 16 at gmail.com and I will talk and I will answer them just like I have today in the podcast. Super excited um, for my guest for episode two. I'll be talking with Heather Blampy who lost her sister a while back to addiction 
has a sister currently going through addiction right now. We're going to dive into some of the stuff that I briefly touched on today about speaking up, about you know what she would have done differently, um, how she's going about it now with her other sister who's going through the addiction. So tune in next Monday as I sit down and I talk with Heather about this stuff and we dive in deep on this topic because I'm here to help guys. Have a fantastic, healthy rest of your week. And tune in next Monday as I sit down with Heather. Thank you.